the Cannabis Heals Me podcast, episode 23. You're listening to the Cannabis Heals Me podcast, where we explore the real stories of real people who have discovered the profound healing properties of the cannabis plant in their own lives. Find more at CannabisHealsMe.com. The Cannabis Heals Me podcast is brought to you by The Grow CFO for all your cannabis accounting and tax needs. Find out more information at www.thegrowcfo.com. Hey guys, welcome back to the Cannabis Heals Me podcast. This is your host, Rachel Kennerly, and we're broadcasting, or technically we're recording, once again from the Storybooking Studios. And I just want to go ahead and say you're welcome because I had like an epic rant recorded to start off this episode over a drug bust that a drug bust that, and I'm doing air quotes. I know you can't see that a drug bust that we had here in the booming metropolis of Lufkin, Texas, but I don't want to detract from the speaker today, so I'm not going to go all ranty. I am going to post a link to the drug bust in the show notes page for today's episode, CannabisHealsMe.com slash 23. So go out there and read that and you can see what I was fuming mad about. So we're going to move on with today's episode and I will keep you from having to endure listening to my rant for, you know, five minutes. So I'm going to avoid the rant or skip the rant and instead tell you or remind you about the tell three people challenge. So I want you to tell three people about the cannabis heals me podcast that are not already listening. And I want one of those people, if you're super brave to be someone who is either a prohibitionist or who is kind of on the fence about prohibition, pick out an episode that really resonated with you and share that episode with them. You can share it by going to cannabishealsme.com slash episode number. And then you can just send that link directly to them and tell them, hey, listen to this podcast. Tell me what you think. I'd love to get your feedback. Something like that. And you may be surprised somebody that you think is a prohibitionist may not be so prohibitionist as you think they were because nobody wants to talk about it they're afraid if they talk about it everybody's going to think they're a pothead well who cares what they think let's talk about this this law is unconstitutional and we need to remove the stigma around this plant because there are healing and medicinal benefits for it so tell three people when we post the episodes share that on your page so that people can see it and read it and maybe go out and listen to it so we want to grow our listenership but more importantly we want to get these stories out there because i feel like they're important stories and people need to know that there are medicinal reasons that people are consuming cannabis it's not just about the high so Tell three people about the podcast. Also, we are taking sponsorships so that we can increase our advertising. Well, actually, we can start advertising the podcast. Again, we feel like these are important stories, and we want to tell the stories to more people. If you're interested in sponsoring the program, send me an email, podcast at CannabisHealsMe.com, or go out to CannabisHealsMe.com slash sponsor. Our guest today, I'm super excited for today's guest, which is why I canceled the rant, because I, if you tell somebody about this episode, I don't want them to come in and hear my rant and think I'm some sort of person who bashes cops, because 
I don't normally do that on the podcast. So I don't want somebody to come in and be immediately turned off by a rant. So instead, we're going to talk about our, our guest today, which is Doug Bent. Doug is a former judge out of Ohio, and he wanted me to make sure that everybody knew that he was not a politician, that he was appointed as a judge to fill in like the end of a judge's term that either couldn't complete it or whatever. And then when that term was over, he stopped serving as a judge because... Again, he's not a politician. So I want to make that super clear that he's not a politician and he's no longer a judge. And he was a judge in Ohio, even though now he resides in Florida. So in April of 2015, Doug was diagnosed with an advanced case of COPD. He was given 20 months to live. And since he's still here to talk to us and tell us his story, what happened to reverse his fate because you know according to the doctors he should have been dead uh let me do the math 12 months will be april of 16 and then another eight months from that he should have been dead in december of 2016 and here he is two years later and he's talking to us and telling us his story so what happened and that is what doug is here to tell us today and in addition to telling his story of healing as a result of, spoiler alert, cannabis, Doug and I also briefly talk about jury nullification. And in case you're not familiar or not aware of what jury nullification is, basically it's the power of the jurors on a jury to vote not guilty in a criminal trial if they believe that that law is bad or the punishment would be unfair, even if it's very clear the defendant broke the law. So that's called jury nullification. They can find this person not guilty, even though the state might have him dead to rights, him or her dead to rights, that they are truly guilty. So that is a, in a nutshell, what jury nullification is. I'll put a link on the show notes page to a couple of jury nullification sites. And I'm trying to get a guest on so that maybe we can do a bonus episode just on jury nullification. But the bulk of today's episode is about Doug's story. So I want you guys to tune in, listen up, and hopefully you will enjoy the story and it'll be one that you might feel comfortable sharing with someone else. Without further ado, here's Doug. Hey Doug, welcome to the program. We're so glad you're here and excited for you to share your story with our listeners. Well, I'm very happy to be here. I'm happy to be anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, given, given the story that I heard a few months ago on another I think it was either a radio interview or a, a podcast. One of the two. You were kind of you were kind of given a death sentence, weren't you? Yeah. The uh, it started with a doctor saying, "Is your wife here with you? You might have her come in." You you know what's going to follow after that's not going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your diagnosis and kind of the the history that you had and and how you kind of got to a point where you decided that you were going to use cannabis to address your medical condition. Well, we, uh, at the time owned a ranch in Colorado, as well as our place here in Florida, the ranch in Colorado is at about 7,000 feet in elevation and a wonderful place, a, a ranch out there. We had family Christmases there, uh, the first several years. And then, uh, in April of 15, I went out there to uh, resurface the deck. Uh, I needed sanding and then uh, restaining. And I went out to start sanding, and that's a little physical work. And 
after about five minutes, I was very short of breath. And I'm going, what is going on? I thought maybe I was having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went in and laid down. Uh, <laughs> stupid. Didn't call anybody. Mm-hmm. Tried, it ag- tried it again about an hour later. Couldn't do it. Uh, so uh, I just hung out there for about three days till my flight back to Florida. And when my wife picked me up at the airport, she says, well, how's the deck look? And I kind of hemmed and hawed and said, you know what, honey, I've been thinking, I haven't been to a doctor in years. And you know how I get kind of pneumonia, bad cough each spring that I think is allergies. Maybe it's something else. And so uh, we went to a doctor in Gainesville, Florida. Uh, He did all kinds of tests, uh, CAT scan, MRI, a pulmonary function test, a chest x-ray, blood work, everything. Uh, the nurse said, uh, okay, you can wait in the doctor's office. He'll be in in a couple minutes. And when he came in, the first words from him were, is your wife with you? Wow. And uh, that was scary enough. But she was out in the waiting room working on her computer. And she came in and he proceeded to tell me that I had asthma, chronic bronchitis, emphysema, and COPD. Mm. Now, I knew, I knew about, you know, because of allergies, I'm allergic to pine trees and all kinds of trees and, uh, and cats. Yeah. And uh, so, I, you know, before I thought it was all that. But then with this uh, being very, very short of breath, I thought, my goodness. Maybe this is something else. And I, I knew nothing about COPD. My mother had emphysema, so I was familiar with that. And I told him, I, I don't know anything about COPD other than that, that commercial where the elephant sits on that guy's chest. And I said, I, I can relate to that. He said, well, uh, the, the really not so good news, Doug, is that uh, we can treat the symptoms, but this disease is terminal. It's mm-hmm there's no cure. And if something else doesn't take your life first, uh, COPD will. So immediately my questions were, well, how bad is it and how long have I got? Which of course they never want to answer. But I made him answer it. And Mm -hmm. he told me uh, at the most 20 months. Oh my goodness. And as as we left his office, he stopped my wife and said, you probably need to be thinking about getting these affairs in order. Oh, and that wow. really, really made my wife mad. Yeah. Uh, interesting. I, you know, uh, pouty baby Doug, I, I came home, <laughs> sat on the couch waiting to die. Yeah. Watching the horses out in the pasture. And uh, my wife, she was angry. And uh, God bless her. I yelled at her many times because she was so into essential oils and spending so much money on essential oils. But in fact, when he told her you should start getting his affairs in order, she got angry, went on her computer and started searching for essential oils in the beginning to maybe help me. Yeah. Uh, symptom wise, because he, he, uh, uh, was setting me up to get on oxygen. The doctor uh, was setting me up with a, a what you call it, nebulizer to mm-hmm. take steroids. And 
I started on the steroids and I couldn't stand it because it made my throat raw and I just, I just stopped doing it. Yeah. Uh, and she did research all summer, uh, from April till uh, the end of summer. And, uh, then in September, she fibbed to me kind of, she said she had to go to Colorado to a horse conference Mm -hmm. when in fact, uh, what she had found, I didn't know this till later, is that cannabis oil mm-hmm. uh, may stop the progression of COPD and may even reverse some of its uh, actions. And, yeah. going. and so she lies to me, says she has a horse event in Colorado. Mm-hmm. She went out, went to a couple dispensaries in Boulder, bought some concentrated cannabis oil high in THC over... 75% THC in the oil uh-huh. and uh, committed a felony, brought it home on the plane in her uh, check bag. And she got home and uh, uh, one afternoon said, I want you to try this. And mm-hmm. I said, what is it? She said, doesn't matter because uh, in my days, younger days, uh, I was a prohibitionist when uh-huh. I was a judge an acting judge in Dayton, Ohio. I was a prohibitionist and mm-hmm. uh, I had seen what it had done to a couple of my friends that, or what I thought it had done to a couple of my friends who were back from Vietnam with PTSD. Yeah. And I said, no, it really matters. What is it, honey? And she said, well, it's essentially an essential oil. She uh, <laughs> learned, learned to lie from her husband, I guess, in his <laughs> lawyer days. I don't know. And I said, that's that damn marijuana, isn't Mm -hmm. it? And uh, she said, well, it's cannabis oil. Uh, The scientific name is cannabis, Mm -hmm. and I've been studying it, and it may help you with your COPD. I said, get that the hell out of my house. Yeah. And uh, we argued for six days. You're going to take this. No, I'm not. And uh, she did something absolutely brilliant. I hated her for it at the moment, but she packed the bag. Uh, came down the steps with a suitcase saying, uh, I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm leaving you. Oh, you my won't goodness. help yourself. Uh, I'm going to go live with Molly and the kids. You're on your own. And I said, you don't mean that. And uh, my wife's a very spiritual woman, a wonderful woman, and I've probably heard the F-bomb from her prior to that day maybe twice. <laughs> and when I said, you really don't mean that, I heard it three times. I said, uh-oh, she means it. So I said, how do I take it? And she said, well, you can take it sublingual. I said, whoa, 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 what is sublingual? She said, that's under your tongue. Or you can put it in a capsule and, and use it as a suppository. I said, I'll put it under my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I said, uh, am I going to get high? I've never touched this stuff in my life. I thought you smoked it. Well, this is a concentrated oil, like an essential oil from a cannabis plant. I'm going, oh, well, I, I, I'm not doing it during the daytime. I don't know what's going to happen. So uh, that night, sitting on the edge of the bed, she put a tiny, I mean, tiny pinhead size drop on my finger. I put mm. it under my tongue. And I laid there. I'm telling you, it was no bigger than the head of a pin. Wow. And uh, with my uh, COPD and the chronic bronchitis and emphysema, um, 
at night especially I would wheeze and my my breathing would be crackled yeah and uh, it would always wake me up almost every night well that night I slept eight hours straight Wow and in the morning I'm going you are kidding me that teeny tiny little pinhead size drop did that for me wow. I said was I crazy before I fell asleep did I giggle and act stupid she said no <laughs> you went to sleep I said oh well, okay I'll try another drop so that was the beginning and uh, <laughs> of course you know there's bumps along the way after two weeks I said I'm not taking any more of this crap it's not doing a thing and I can't stand the taste she said you're not quitting it if you don't like the taste put it on an Altoid or something oh okay I didn't have any of those I had Tic Tac so I was kind of sort of addicted to Tic Tac <laughs> so I, I uh, for over two years put it on a Tic Tac and under my tongue uh, it was about a month and a half we noticed that the wheezing was reducing, but I was still short of breath, still exhausted all the time. It took, it took a good four to five months before I was starting to get my strength back. But, uh, and, and irony of ironies, the, I, I went in for a colonoscopy in early February of 16. I started on the oil October the 6th of 15. High concentrated cannabis oil, high percentage of THC. We, uh, she kept doing research. She learned about the entourage effect on how CBD can help THC work better and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So about four weeks into it, uh, uh, sometime in November, we started taking CBD capsules as well. Yeah. And uh, we did notice that had an acceleratory effect on, on my, uh, COPD in, in reducing the symptoms. And so it was, I went into the hospital in February for a colonoscopy. My pulmonary doctor comes banging into the room because being honest with you, I canceled two of my appointments with him because I figured I don't need him anymore. I'm not going <laughs> on oxygen. I'm getting better. Yeah. So he comes when he was doing his rounds at the hospital when my my GI doctor was getting me ready for a colonoscopy. He comes banging into the 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 room saying, "Doug, what happened to you? You've missed your last two appointments. Let me listen to your chest." Uh, my GI doctor, a German lady, she wasn't very happy, but he did, he listened to my chest. I did the deep breaths, you know, front and back, and he got this perplexed look on his face. I said, what's the matter? Well, let me listen again, Doug, just a minute. Let me, let me go through uh, each side again. And he did it again. I said, what is it? He said, Doug, I, your lungs are clear. Oh, my gosh. I said, clear? He said, I don't even sense any uh, noise from scar tissue. What are you doing? Wow. Well, I kind of hesitated. I kind of smiled. He walks over and closes the door. And says, what are you doing? So I told him, I said, Doc, I'm committing a felony on a daily basis. It's coming from Colorado, and I'm not stopping. Oh, Doug, well, I, I, I can't put that in your chart. I could lose my license. if I, And I'm going, you got to be kidding me. So what he put in my chart was that I was asymptomatic for unknown reasons. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, we, we've got a lot of educating to do, don't we? We do. Unbelievable. And I, I've been uh, taking that drop consistent now since October of 15. I still take it. Uh, my wife did read some research about you don't want to build up an immunity, so three days in a row each month I don't take any. Okay. Uh, but I, I'm afraid to quit. Uh, yeah. I'll be honest. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't want to quit. Yeah. You know? So, so that's you... our story, and we're sticking to it. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's incredible. We, uh, well, we got a little cocky, you know. I. I went back to the doctor's office. I said, all right, I'll come in for an appointment. You can uh-huh. do all those same tests. We yeah. did them all. And he said, this is a miracle. It's one of those things that just can't be explained. Mm-hmm. Some well, people get a, a brain tumor, and, and three months later, it's totally gone, and nobody can explain it. And I'm like, hmm. So after that appointment, when he said I was all clear, and told me he put in there that I was asymptomatic. My wife and I booked a flight to Colorado. I said, we're going hiking up at Rocky Mountain National Park, and let's just see if I'm really cured. Doctors won't use that word. I will. Cured from COPD. And we went hiking in Rocky Mountain National Park, and I had no trouble breathing whatsoever. That's almost 10,000 feet in elevation. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, I teach continuing education to Florida home builders. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have to take it every other year. So every other year I'm very busy teaching and I have 6,000 or more students that are in my class. And I I told my wife, I've got to tell these guys about this because it might save a life. She said, well, you can't tell anybody. You might lose your license with the state to teach. Somebody will be ticked off. Uh, I said, I, I don't care if it saves a life, I got to do it. So that started us on our journey to educate people and how we started, uh, our Facebook page and website called rethink green. It's time to rethink green for sure. Because at the time it was illegal in Florida, correct? Yes, it was. Uh, and as I can figure we committed about 380 felonies. Uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't, uh, November of 16 is when the constitutional amendment was passed. It wasn't until January of 17 when the Department of Health started uh, promulgating rules that uh, you could actually go and get a medical card. But it was a mess. The first six, eight, ten months was a total mess. Oh, I'm so we just just kept getting ours from Colorado. Yeah. So y'all are able to get it locally now. Uh tell you the truth my wife is a colorado resident she has a medical card in colorado so she gets it in colorado okay and uh she'll be home saturday which is my birthday well happy birthday thank you 74 years young i feel better than i did 30 years ago that's incredible yeah but it, it you know it didn't i had had some health issues i was in the hospital once but you know like a lot of us dumb idiots i ignored him, you know, said, well, my cost's gone away. Uh, I I should have done something even a year before we did anything. But as it turned out, I think uh, God had it planned that uh, exactly when it would happen and how it would happen. And now we're sharing it with uh, thousands of people. 
the education and maybe help on save some people's lives, which is the goal. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. We're some days uh, I'll tell you, my wife and I say, we can't do this anymore. Can't take it anymore. Some of the stores are just so sad. And, uh, then we get an email about how, uh, thank you, Mrs. Bench or thank you, Mr. Bench, you saved my life. Then, then we get rejuvenated and keep going. You know? Yeah. Well, it, it's, it's hard once you've experienced it on a personal level to not want to share that with other people. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But then you run into, you know, the politicians that are getting money in their pocket from big pharma and you, you can't convince them that people are dying because of that. And, uh, it's frustrating, but uh, we'll get there. Hopefully in my lifetime, we'll get there where it's uh, totally descheduled and totally legalized so we don't have to jump through all these darn hoops to help people. Right. I mean, that's the absurd thing. I, I was listening because I'm in Texas and they're trying uh-huh. to, they've got a couple of, they've got like 50 some odd marijuana related bills on the, that have been proposed for this legislative session. And one of them is a bill on decriminaliz- decriminalizing the possession of less than one ounce. Uh-huh. And yeah. uh, and there's another one that wants to expand the Compassionate Use Act. And on the, the I think it's Joe Moody that proposed the Decriminalization Act. Mm-hmm. And I think he was on, uh, he was, I saw him doing an interview the other day, and he said, you know, the people that argue for prohibition, they're using the same exact arguments that people that are in favor of gun control use. Well, if we yeah. legalize it, everybody's going to go get high. You know, but it's like those people that want to get high, they're going and getting it off the black market anyway. And what you're doing is you're preventing people that law abiding citizens from having access to this medicine. Exactly right. Exactly right. So I'd I'd never really I'd never really thought of it from that perspective. And it just clicked. I'm like, okay, that because this is a conservative state. So, you know, you kind of have to you have to tailor your argument for the the crowd that you're talking to. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to put that one in my uh, tool belt to use the next time I'm in a discussion with someone about this. Yeah, that's, that's very good because I totally agree with you. And in fact, uh, last legislative session here in Florida, when we had some very important changes we wanted to make to the medical marijuana bill here in Florida or mm-hmm. law. And uh, there was a shooting Near Fort Lauderdale, you probably heard about it, where some teenagers were killed at the high school. Yes, sir. So that that whole legislative session, every other subject got on the back burner, and all they did was talk about gun control. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, Florida, uh, I, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, being a Texan, but Florida has more guns per capita than any other state in the country, including Texas. Which wow. Who would have thought? Uh, I know. So, yeah, we're fighting the same battle with the conservative argument. Uh, and it's it's interesting because I was a very, very conservative person politically for years and years and years, except on medical cannabis now that it saved my life. My doctor says I was supposed to be dead by December of 2016. Wow. Well, so I'm on happy time now. That's good. And I've never, speaking of happy time, I've never been high because my wife learned how to 
make sure I microdose. Mm-hmm. And uh, that probably saved my life that she learned that because if I'd have gotten high, I'd have said, I ain't touching that stuff ever again. Go away with that. Now, your doctor said that he put unknown reasons in your chart because he didn't want to lose his license. But what does he say personally, or does he say anything about cannabis and how there's just a miraculous transformation of your health from where it was when he first diagnosed you? Interesting. Uh, I've never been back to that doctor, and we're probably not on speaking terms because when it, when he repeated all those tests and said, uh, you're symptom-free, uh, you're asymptomatic for unknown reasons, uh, he, <laughs> he very much angered my wife and I uh, because uh, he said, you know, uh, I may be required to tell the police. <gasps> You're kidding me. Nope. Oh, and, my goodness. Uh, that was the end of our relationship. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that would put a, a pretty quick <laughs> halt on it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I can't I can't believe that somebody... Uh, I can't believe he would say that. They... Uh, they think their oath requires that. No, it doesn't. The first part of their oath is do no harm. And to me, that says every doctor in this country, once they get educated about the endocannabinoid system yes. and the benefits of cannabinoids, uh, they have a responsibility uh, to do no harm. And telling you uh, you're you're healed from uh, I can't put in the reasons, the real reasons why in your chart, and I may have to, if I'm questioned, I may have to tell them, uh, wait a minute, what happened to the oath of confidentiality and so on? So uh, we just walked away from him, not been back since. Wow, that's terrifying. Because I wonder how many other people yep. he told that to and they quit using cannabis. Yeah, it's that's a very good question. Uh, we had a a doctor who was a state legislator. And of course I've been lobbying strong since I was healed. Yeah. The legislators and uh, this one legislator was a doctor and he was totally opposed to cannabis. Mm -hmm. And uh, we talked to him and talked to him and talked to him. Uh, my testimony, a couple of other testimonies. And he says, all right, you've convinced me. I'm going to vote. Yes. Well, there was just another vote last week on cannabis and guess what? He was absent. He didn't vote. So, and come to find out, one of my friends contacted me and said his top five contributors to his political campaign, his uh, political action committee, are big pharma companies. So, yeah. So it all comes down to the almighty dollar. I have come to that conclusion, Rachel, that if you if your legislature or somebody on TV or, or a doctor, anyone says something to you about cannabis that does not make sense because mm -hmm. you know so much, then you have to follow the money. Yeah. Wait yeah. a minute. That doesn't make sense. Uh-uh-uh. Follow the money. Mm -hmm. Then it will. Wow. Then it will, which is so sad. Yeah. So sad. Now, you mentioned earlier that you were a judge in Ohio, and mm -hmm. I'm fairly libertarian-leaning. <laughs> and mm 
And so I want to ask you a question about jury nullification, because if if I were selected for jury duty related to a cannabis case, I, even if the person was dead guilty of of possession and and no one was harmed, you know, no victim in this, I could not in good conscience put someone in a cage over cannabis. And I know as a former judge, you probably didn't see a whole lot of jury nullification or maybe you have, but I was just wondering what your thoughts are on it now, as opposed to what it was when you were, when you were serving. That's a dirty question. That's a dirty (laughs) question. (laughs) Well, uh, when we were serving as an acting judge in Dayton municipal court, uh, it came up, I was there five plus years, five and a half, maybe it came up maybe two or three times. I've seen it a whole lot more times here in Florida, Mm -hmm. uh, particularly since the passage of amendment two back in November of 16. And you know what? One of the big differences is Rachel. And I've thought about this since you and I had talked previously, Mm -hmm. um, Facebook, social media, you know, people learn so much more which is a good thing. Uh, we have, my wife and I have a Facebook page called Rethink Green. And all we post there are educational research studies and reports about cannabis. Yeah. So people have so much, uh, so much more information at their fingertips than we did 35 years ago when mm-hmm. I was a judge. And so the public knows so much more about cannabis is really a medicine. So, my goodness, uh, I, I may have to agree with you. If it, of course, you and I would never get selected on a jury in a cannabis case. Never. Uh, <laughs> Probably the, not. The, 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 no, we wouldn't. Uh, uh, what's called voir dire, the process whereby the, the lawyers can ask questions of potential jurors to mm-hmm. see if they have a preconceived bias. <laughs> They yeah. would notice ours uh, pretty quickly. I would think so. One, one side of the fence. Uh, but I, I agree with you in a sense that I don't think I could either, especially yeah. if they were using it medicinally. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I might be okay if they, you know, had a bunch of dime bags in their pocket while they were using it. Uh, then we're not so sure that's a medical use. But uh, even that today... I mean, it's a plant, for goodness sakes. And so I probably couldn't convict either. And if I were a judge sitting today and we uh, had a jury in a case and for whatever reason they ran away with a verdict that slammed them and gave them the maximum sentence, as a judge, I might say, no, that decision's contrary to the evidence. And we're going to set it aside. And if they want to appeal that, let them appeal it. But, uh, yeah, it's a tough situation. We've had a couple cases here in Florida where people were charged with possession and trafficking, where a couple of our cannabis uh, great attorneys uh, got them thrown out. Uh, One threw a jury null and the other, uh, the jury wouldn't convict. And uh, the good news about that uh, is, that uh, if you're the defense attorney, you've only got to get to one juror. That's true. You don't have to convince them all, just one. And one that's strong enough to stand their ground, too. Yeah, which is very questionable these days, isn't it? If people can do that, I don't know. 
Yeah. Tough situation. We've just got to clear the decks of all anti-cannabis laws and regulate it. Yeah. Like alcohol. Uh, But I'm with you, libertarian-wise. We... (laughs) Less government is more government. Yep. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm 100% government. there. The, the less, the better. Yep, I agree. Well, a lot of those cases don't even reach jury trial, don't they? Don't, doesn't the prosecution usually try and settle them before they go to a jury trial? Uh, the estimates are 90 to 92% never go to trial. Uh, they're either plea bargained or dismissed, uh, or sometimes... Uh, uh, they admonish, meaning uh, they hold the case open for a year, uh, and if they have nothing else within that year, they'll dismiss it after the year. Uh, that, I like that concept. Uh, as a judge, I used to uh, sentence people. I'd, I'd pull the lawyers back into chambers and tell them, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give him six months in jail scare the bejeevers out of him and then let him sit for a weekend and then you can go get him out on Monday. Uh, kind of a shock probation kind of thing. And, uh, uh, I would be inclined to do that at the most with a cannabis case these days. Yeah. Cause there's just, I, I spoke to a man last week about kind of like the long reaching effects of a, of a drug conviction. You know, I, I don't have much history in the, and the criminal justice system, but he, he does a lot of interviews with people who do, who have been in this, in the system. And there's just, sometimes they can't even get housing after they get out because of the conviction. Yep. It's crazy. Some of these places that are decriminalizing it, they're also expunging the cannabis convictions from prior years. Yeah. I'm on board with that. Well, tell me a little bit about Rethink Green. Rethink Green was, uh, my wife came up with the name because our goal when we started telling the contractors in my class was to get them, because they're a very conservative lot, you know, home builders. <laughs> you start talking about cannabis, they sit there with their arms folded and they ain't going to let you in. Uh, so she came up with that name that we're going to have to get these contractors to rethink green. You know, uh, building green is one thing. Uh, carbon negative or carbon neutral or whatever. So uh, very nice name, and it was our website. And then uh, we put up uh, rethinkgreen.org is our website, which kind of just tells our story, what happened with us. And then we direct people to our Facebook page called Rethink Green uh, because that's where my wife, almost on a daily basis, posts all of the research studies if you went to rethink green right now, Rachel, you would, uh, you better have uh, a 16 uh, foot long subways <laughs> and, and uh, about uh, 24 beers, because it'd take you a long time to get through all the studies she posts there. And it's great information about, uh, about the, the health issues and the use of cannabis for this and that and the other. And she, she's never stopped the research. So it's a very good source. Plus, uh, my page on Facebook, Doug Bench, mm-hmm. uh, I do, my wife and I, when we started telling the contractors in class, we, we also started doing webinars uh, in the beginning once a week uh, for maybe an hour where we would just talk about cannabis as a medicine, the endocannabinoid system, and how it works and so on. And uh, 
in the beginning, there was very few people on there, maybe a dozen or more. Mm -hmm. But now when we do a, a Facebook Live on my page, Doug Bench, uh, sometimes we get 600, sometimes we get over 1,000 people That's incredible. listening in. And uh, so we're going to keep doing those because, in fact, my wife and I, uh, in month of April, we're going to put together a four-hour course for beginners. Everything you want to know about cannabis as a medicine, but we're afraid to ask. Oh, that's great, Doug. That's great. We'll have to make sure we tell our listeners about that when you get that event posted. Okay. We're going to work real hard to get that done in April. I'll be honest with you, though. We've been doing two seminars a month live all around the state, and I'm exhausted. I bet. So I said to my wife, how about if we sit in our jammies and make a four-hour course that they can watch at home? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to do that. Because people... Goodness sakes, uh, the majority of people don't know uh, the benefits. Uh, they they have the uh, stigma, the myths, the stoner uh, uh, vision, and my goodness, it's just not that way anymore. Yep, I agree. So we got to get to them. Well, it sounds like your your target audience is kind of the same as ours because we want to reach people from a conservative background and tell them, look, it's not about getting high. It, it actually is medicine. And here are the medicinal benefits, and here are the stories of people whose lives have been changed by it. Oh, my goodness. We, we One of our first uh, contractors that came to us for help had renal cell cancer and metastasized to his brain, three brain tumors. He's now been cancer-free for two years. Oh, and wow. And the stories just go on and on about intractable epilepsy. Yeah. A five-year-old girl uh, who is now totally off big pharma medications and is, and is doing great with maybe a mild seizure every month or two. It's just unbelievable. Uh, they've got to see that. And I think the, the stories and testimonials, the anecdotal proof, you know, all the opponents keep saying, well, we don't have good research. Yes. Oh, bull crap. Yes. We got tons of good research. You just don't know about it. Right. Uh, because most of it's not done in this country. Right. Well, we've been fun. Our country has been funding re- uh, research in Israel for decades. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Dr. Raphael Meshulam, who was the discoverer of the endocannabinoid system back in the 90s, was one of the beneficiaries of that research, which is good. So. Yeah, the, the argument that there's we don't have good research, that's totally wrong. Uh, you Just take a look at our Rethink Green page on Facebook yes. if they don't believe that. We've got tons of research there. Yeah, we'll be sure to, to post links to your Facebook page and also to RethinkGreen.org when we post the show notes page for today's episode. Appreciate it. The... Uh, the one for our Rethink Green page on Facebook, actually, it's uh, facebook.com forward slash you can rethink green. Okay. But even if they just type in rethink green in the search box, uh, ours will pop up with the cross, the green cross. They'll sure. see that. And they'll find you. Yep. Yep. One more quick question going back to your okay. COPD. Were, did you have to take oxygen or? What were you to that level where you were having oh, to be on geez. oxygen twenty four hours? You keep asking me these embarrassing questions. I'm sorry. I, yes, I was I was supposed to be, and I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I'm sure you got an earful from your wife on that. 
Oh, boy. Yeah. I said, I'll take all the cannabis you give me. All the cannabis you give me. I just, I'm not walking around. I'm not going to church. I'm not walking out on stage. I'm not teaching a seminar, pulling the damn oxygen tank right. behind me. I ain't right. doing it. And uh, there it sat. That's funny. That's pretty funny when uh, when you got a choice between cannabis and uh, the oxygen tank. <laughs> yeah. And you choose right. cannabis. <laughs> yep. I'm a quick learner. <laughs> well, Doug, I'm so glad that you came on to share your story with us, and I, I hope it will resonate with with some of our listeners you're welcome you're more than welcome i think the i think the work that that you and your wife are doing is great and i'm excited about the 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 educational stuff that you're going to put out later on yeah yeah we're looking really forward to that and and tell your listeners you know if they want to talk to me they can find our contact information right on our website okay to call me if they want to and uh, i'll talk to anybody uh, sometimes it drives me crazy i get so upset when somebody you know their husband says uh, no she ain't going to use cannabis she's going for chemo wow. that's the end of it and you know but uh, but then you help people and it's all okay again so sure i'll talk to anybody well, that sounds I great, Doug. you get in touch with us. Yes, sir. Well, I appreciate your time today, and, and I hope you have a great birthday when your wife gets back. Thank you. Thank you. She's going to make me a sponge cake, my favorite, with strawberries on top. That's great. Mm-mm. That's great. Well, just forget about the seven and the four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 39, right? <laughs> That's right. Aging backwards. Like Absolutely. That. Well, thank <laughs> you so right, much, Rachel. Doug. You're welcome. You take care. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There you have it, folks. Doug Bench. I hope you found that episode very enjoyable. And if you go out to Doug's Facebook page, I know we're posting this after his birthday, but you could always wish him a happy birthday. Just don't mention 74. Just say happy birthday, happy 39th birthday, Doug. So go out to the show notes page, CannabisHealsMe.com slash 23, and we will have links to his Facebook page to RethinkGreen.org and all the other websites that we mentioned in today's episode. We do have a bonus episode this week, so you'll have to tune in later this week. We're going to talk to Taylor Woods, and he's going to tell us some of the cool things that they are doing with cannabis and hemp in addition to just it serving as medicine. So I'm excited to bring that to you because it's it's looking at hemp and cannabis from a new direction. I think you'll enjoy it and find it educational. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you later this week. Hit the subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode of the Cannabis Heals Me podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or whatever podcast app you're using. Do you have a suggestion for a guest on Cannabis Heals Me? Send an email to podcast at CannabisHealsMe.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please do not take any information from Cannabis Heals Me or its guests as medical advice. Contact your licensed physician before taking cannabis or using it for medical treatments. 